Yes, let's get physical. The Beating Around the Bush podcast, welcome in. This is Russell Bush, our episode five, entitled, Let's Get Physical. And the reason I say that is, uh, before I get into that, let's do this first as we try to do this disclaimer every week. Uh, Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of the Carol News Leader column that I write each week entitled, beaten around the bush. So hope you enjoy it as we're going to talk today about that win over Riverside this past Friday night, as we always do here on these podcasts. And we'll try to do in the future moving forward. We're going to talk about Huntington sports and it's football times. And we're going to talk about more football than we will anything else. And a little bit later on in this podcast, we'll talk about uh, some Huntington middle school football a little bit. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, hunting, uh, excuse me, the Tennessee volunteer football game over this past weekend. And all I can say about that is it's tough to be a Tennessee fan, but it's great to be a Huntington Mustang fan today as we talk about that win over uh, Parsons Riverside this past Friday night. And when we talk about being physical as we played that song uh, to lead off today's podcast, that's what the Mustangs were this past Friday night. They were a physical football team. In my opinion, they manhandled uh, the Panthers. They pushed them around all over the field. They were the most physical. They were the most toughest football team. And you can read more about that if you want to pick up a copy of the Carroll Newsletter uh, this week and read my column, Beating Around the Bush, where I talk about uh, the uh, game Friday night at Parsons and how physical we were Friday night. You know, we talk about uh, that physicality, but that that game was billed as a, a, one of the top games in the area this past week. Actually, uh, 96.5 on my way over to uh, Riverside Friday night, billed it as the game of the week in West Tennessee because it was against uh, two teams, two teams playing each other that were tied for that sixth spot in the top 10 poll in Class 2A. And I'm not a big fan of polls. I think they're fun for the fans to look at and hey, walk around and brag about where your team is ranked. Uh, hey, we're in the top 10. We're ranked number one. We're ranked number two. And uh, that doesn't mean anything, in my opinion, because you have the TSSAA uh, playoffs now. So uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to uh, claim your or name your state champion based on state polls. They used to do that in college football a few years ago, but now they have a playoff, and polls don't mean anything. Huntington, for example, 1975, uh, that was my younger brother's uh, junior year, will rank number one in the state at the end of regular season, 10-0, and go down to Bishop Byrne, lose 15-14 uh, to 14 or 14-13, to I'm sorry, in, in overtime uh, that uh, – Ended their season. You know, they didn't win a state championship. They were ranked number one in the state at the end of the season. But that didn't, you know, you still have to, when you go through the playoffs, and it's a grueling experience, go through the playoffs nowadays, when you got to win five games uh, to win a state champion. But getting back to the game Friday, both teams were ranked number six. Riverside was picked to win that game. Jackson Sun had them picked to win. They had only given up the Panthers 14 points in their last three football games. They had also uh, shut out Lexington the week before that. Mustangs came into that game 
And to be honest with you, not in my mind, not in my opinion, but in some other people's opinions, uh, question marks surrounding uh, the Mustangs. Because when you look at their season at, up to this point so far, up to that uh, prior to that Riverside game, uh, Mustangs had opened up with a 46-28 loss to McKenzie. And a lot of people think, well, that's a pretty dominant win by McKenzie. I, I don't, I didn't claim it as a dominant win. I thought Hayden played uh, pretty well. They had some mistakes in the kicking game that cost them a lot of field position early in that game, and McKenzie took advantage of it. Hayden actually outgained McKenzie yardage wise in that football game, and uh, they could have easily won that football game as they lost it. Uh, they lost forty six twenty eight, and you go eighteen points is a big difference, but. I, I think it's a little deceiving. I actually think Mustangs played better in that game than we give them credit for. I also think McKenzie's uh, headed for some real good things this year. I think they're one of the better teams in West Tennessee, and I think you'll see that play out in the semifinals of the TWSAA Class A state playoffs later on in November when they take on Trenton. I think you'll see either Trenton or McKenzie make it a state championship game, and I think you'll see one of them win a state championship. But anyway, and then the Mustangs had that second week uh, where they had uh, Southside, uh, easy win for the Mustangs, 44-13 win. Mustangs looked impressive, but if you want to put a question mark on it, Southside's not very good. And and maybe that blowout was a little more deceiving than it looked, although I thought the Mustangs played real well. I thought they were the most physical team against a bigger Southside team. And I also thought that uh, the Mustangs executed very well. Yeah, Southside's taken their lump so far this year, but I thought they were a good football team. Or not a bad football team, and I thought Hayden played real well. Of course, in last week, Mustangs didn't play. Sometimes that hurts you when you take a week off. Uh, when you just get the season going, and uh, of course, a COVID win over Camden. So when you put all that together, and you mix it together, and you get ready for a Southside, or excuse me, a Parsons-Riverside game, and uh, Mustangs were as they were they were the underdog. They were picked to lose that game by a lot of people. But I'm gonna tell you, Hayden dominated that football game. 26-14 was the final. But in my opinion, it wasn't that close. Uh, Mustangs had one of their lowest outputs of the season. They actually did. They first two games they rushed for over 400 yards. Uh, Friday night against uh, Riverside. They had a little less than 300 yards on the ground, but it was hard-fought yards. It was grind them out, tough them out yards. And Riverside was supposed to have a great defense. And and the Mustangs just pounded them They with that offensive line. And I uh, wished I had my roster right here in front of me, and I should have brought it with me because uh, well, I wouldn't be able to name all those offensive linemen without missing somebody. Uh, but, you know, like Darius Gordon, I know Luke Cooper's in there. Uh, uh, Sean McGee, for example, uh, and you get your tight ends, Blaine Fields and Blake Reeves and uh, some of those other kids in there. They're pushing people around. They're the they're the Hunter Britt, uh, but they're they're the most physical football team uh, Friday night. And uh, Riverside couldn't handle the physicality. Riverside played hard. They're a good football team. They, they threw the ball real well, but Huntington set the tone early in that game. Uh, Huntington changed some things around with their kicking game as far as the personnel goes. Uh, Gray Eubanks was kicking off Friday night. Hunter Brent was handling the point-after duties. But Gray's first kickoff hit in a perfect spot. 
probably his best kick he's ever had. And you remember now he's he's five foot nine, he's 150 pounds, and he's a freshman. And uh, but he landed at about the 15 yard line. The thing scooted past the returner and started rolling toward the goal line. And in my opinion, the returner should have just let it roll into the end zone because in high school. Uh, you can't return it from the end zone, and if it goes in the end zone, it's a touchback, 20-yard line. But he decided to pick it up right at the one-yard line. Had somebody tell me they were standing in the end zone. Uh, of course, that was a, that's a small stadium, and everybody was surrounded in different areas, and a lot of people under the goalpost down on that end, and he got a good look at it and said a ball would have probably rolled in the end zone if he hadn't left it alone. He picked it up, tried to run it out, got to the 11 before he was tackled, and some great special team play by Mustangs this past Friday night. But uh, they tackled him at the 11. Uh, next play, a little pressure from the Mustang interior line, and somebody made a tackle. I done forgot who or, or couldn't see. It was blocked off. It was away from me. But they forced the ball loose. And uh, Blake Reeves, who had an outstanding football game, 11 tackles, three pass breakups, two sacks Friday night, Recovered a fumble at the one. The Mustangs punched it in on the next play. Extra point by Britt. And just like that, Huntington up seven to zero. Well, Riverside Riverside showed they were a pretty good football team. And uh, they had trouble running the football all night. Give a little credit. uh, Give a lot of credit, I should say, to uh, uh, Robbie Miller's defense Friday night. They held Riverside to minus 15 yards rushing on the game. So Riverside had to take to the air if they were going to do anything. But then, then you get a, then you get a kind of t- between a rock and a hard place because you can't run the football. It makes it more difficult to throw the football because you got to run it a little bit to throw it a little bit. Now you do not have to run it to throw it. You can run it and then throw it, but you don't have to have a running game. Uh, I mean, you don't have to have a passing game if you got a good running game. But if you're going to pass the ball, you got to have a running game. And Huntington shut down the run Friday night. They completely shut it down. There was several times that Riverside had a lot of bad snaps, uh, put themselves in a lot of bad field position, a lot of negative yardage. But there were a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage Friday night, and at least three sacks, I think, of. And I know Blake Reeves had two. But uh, going back, uh, Riverside answered, went length of the field after the kickoff by throwing the football, scored. Tied it up at 7-7, and then Huntington uh, took over. They basically, from their own, uh, took over. They Their offense started clicking. Aiden Hutcherson, two long touchdown runs, had one 68 yards in that first half, and I believe the other one was 40 yards in that first half, and Mustangs, 38 yards. So he had 100 yards just on those two carries. Ended up with 172 and 23 carries for the football game. But he had those two touchdown runs, and the Mustangs were up 20 to 7 at the half. And it was on. Uh, they came out the second half uh, with the same mindset. Uh, he didn't got the football first and actually could not get They got one first down and ended up punting and then held Riverside to punt after Riverside tried to throw. Well, they completed one out of four passes. And then Mustangs got the ball back at their own 25. And it was just one of those drives that I know Coach Swenson's got to be smiling when he watched at the film because when 
Huntington took possession of the football. There was 8.16 left on the third quarter clock. When they scored at the end of that drive, there was one minute and three seconds left on that clock. So you're talking about a seven-minute, thir- yeah, seven-minute, 13-second drive uh, to go 75 yards, 13 plays. The longest play on that drive actually was uh, Cade Wood, uh, 60-something-yard touchdown run, but they caught it back because of a hold about midfield. And uh, so that left Hayden with a short field, but uh, that from their own, uh, after that Cade Wood run, you had a two-yard run, a 10-yard run, one, a one, eight, a nine-yard run, a 10-yard run, four-yard run, five-yard run, seven-yard run, and then a one-yard run by Gray Eubanks that resulted in a touchdown. Uh, to cap that drive, Mustangs went up 26-7 to seven at that point, and uh, but that was one of those drives, you know, Coach Swenson told me back early in the season when I did a little interview with him on the phone. We talked on Sunday afternoon for quite a long time. And what we talked about was his football team naturally, but he said, we're not going to have a ton of speed. We're going to have some, but we're not just going to be overly blessed with speed. Uh, so we're going to have to execute. We're going to have to be physical. And that's exactly what they were. So he had to really be smiling at the end of that drive uh, Friday night that put the Mustangs up 26, 17, now, Riverside tried to make a game of it, and it was real interesting kind of toward the end. Of course, they're a good football team. and But 26 to 7 at the point, you know, you still had uh, 13 minutes of football left. And Hayden got the football back after that drive, fumbled in Riverside territory at their 48-yard line, two plays, and Riverside was at Hayden one-yard line. Two pass plays, put them at the one, and then they tried to run the football. Remember what I said, they could have trouble running the football. First play they ran after, they, well, they completed a pass for 33 yards, got them to the 15, and then a pass for 14 yards that got them to the one-yard line. And then the next play, the Thomas kid, no gain. Then the next play, they hand it to him again. He stripped of the football. Huntington recovers at their own one-yard line. And... That ended a threat. Now, if Riverside scores right there uh, with basically six minutes left in the football game, then they're only down one score or five points and chance to score. And, well, yeah, if they score, they're down one and get the ball back again, and they could win the football game. So that fumble was big at the time. But the next position for Huntington, of course, it started – uh, at the five, that's where they recovered the fumble at. They punched the ball out to about the 20, 21-yard line in a couple of plays, got a couple of first downs, and then they were faced with a fourth and about two, I believe, at the Riverside 21-yard uh, or at Huntington 21-yard line, and Swenson makes the decision, Coach Swenson does, to go for it. I thought it's a good call. You know, here, if you give the ball back to them, they're still down two scores, so it's not as risky maybe as it seems, but they're down two scores. You've got a chance. they got a chance to punch one in real quick with five minutes left in the game and score, maybe get an onside kick. You never know, and score again. So there's still a chance for Riverside here to win the football game. So four and, fourth and two, you're giving them a short field. If you do not make the first down, well, a hand to Aiden Hutcherson. He gets six yards, first down, basically. Game over. 
Mustangs did end up punting, but they ran more time off the clock. Time Riverside got the ball back. There was 24 seconds left in the football game. And although they threw the ball well all night, they had trouble throwing the football down the field. Uh, they did complete one, a couple of long passes, but one of those, I know uh, the big Thomas kid was like 6'4 or so at running back, and he was matched up against Tayshawn Rivers, and Tayshawn Rivers is in great position to make the play, and the kid was just taller. Out jumped him, catched the football. That that happens. You can't, you can't fault the defender uh, for that. But for the football game, again, uh, some final stats, and we'll move on to – uh, some other stuff here in a minute, but I've done 52 rushing attempts for the football game, 293 yards on the game, according to my stats. I had five pass plays uh, that did not uh, complete a pass. 50, that's 57 offensive plays. Riverside, 23 rushes for minus 15 yards. They also passed 21 of 33 for 209 yards. So they had less than 200 yards total offense when you uh, add those two together. But they had 42, excuse me, 44 offensive plays where Hayden uh, had 57 offensive plays. So that shows you how much Hayden dominated from from that side of the football. Now, Hayden improves to 3-1 and one with the win. They'll move on to play Houston County this Friday night, a region uh, contest. So they'll look to go 2-0 and in the region after the COVID win over Camden. But they played Houston County five times in the past. Uh, all of those have resulted in the last several years except for one. Uh, last time Huntington played was in 2016 at Houston County, won 63-0. to None of the games have been close. And Huntington has not lost a single game to Houston County in those five attempts. Uh, but they won 63 to nothing the year before that, 2016. They won 55 14, 35 to 0, 49 to 7. And then in 2000, they uh, placed uh, faced Houston County in the first round of the TWSAA state playoffs, 2A at the time, and won 33 to 8 in the first round. So they're 5 and 0 against uh, Houston County, the Irish, and so we're looking forward to that trip up there. It's actually kind of a pretty school, pretty campus located up kind of on a tie, uh, tall hill up in Arian, Tennessee. I've actually uh, had the pleasure of uh, broadcasting a game on the radio before up there in a basketball game. Uh, last time I played football there, I was actually off on vacation, didn't uh, part of the radio crew for that night. But you go to Waverly, take a left on Highway 13 when you get to Waverly, uh, just a uh, about 20 miles up Highway 13 to Aaron, and uh, you'll find the school. You'll have to take a left at the four-way stop when you get there. You take another right about a quarter of a mile, and then going up about two miles, and school's on the right. So uh, make sure you make that trip up there, and uh, it'll be a fun time, and I think you'll come back uh, a happy camper. Now, the middle school, as I mentioned, played Friday night, excuse me, Thursday night against uh, – Henry County, and I had a little trouble finding that field. I've been I've been to that field before. Uh, I drove over into that area and I got lost. And I didn't get lost. I found my way around, but I had to, I ended up having to call somebody and they told me the address of it. And then I found it. But anyway, it's over to Old Grove High School. Now, if I went with my first instincts, I'd find it right off the bat. But 
best game of the year for the middle school Mustangs. They won 36-8 to over the Henry County Patriots. Uh, 355 yards rushing in the football game. That's a lot for a middle school football team. Uh, Jax Bennett had a uh, Brooks, excuse me, Brooks. That's the younger one. Jax is on the high school team. Brooks had 21 carries, 138 yards. Jaden Martin, 87 yards. And Zayden Conley had 84 yards in that game. And Zayden's, all of Zayden's yards came on the last drive of the game. He went eight plays, 84 yards. Zayden carried every single carry. And uh, Mustangs came away with a 36-8 win. Put runs their record to two and three on the season. They'll host McKenzie this Thursday night. They've kind of had an up and down season. It's been a solid season. They've been competitive in every game they played. Record doesn't reflect it, but uh, uh, there's there's some bright spots on that football team. I, I liked what I saw Friday night, or excuse me, Thursday night over in Henry County. Uh, very very uh, good effort on their part. And congratulations to Coach Burleson and his team uh, for that win. Now, again, they'll play McKenzie this Thursday night. As we transition into something else, let's talk about Tennessee football for a few minutes as we uh, wrap up uh, this episode uh, called Let's Get Physical. And, again, that was just – people just don't – I told somebody Saturday, I said, you just don't understand how well Huntington played Friday night. But, anyway, Tennessee football game. They played over the weekend, and, you know, I've said often, I've said it lots of times, it's hard to be a Tennessee fan because you've had your heart broken so many times over the years. And, you know, when they co- fired Coach Fulmer, uh, brought in Lane Kiffin, he had some hope. Team went seven and six. Then Kiffin leaves, brought in Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley had one good year, two bad years. He gets fired. Butch Jones comes in, has two good years, a bad year. He gets fired. And then Jeremy Pruitt, just a train wreck, just a flat-out train wreck. He comes in, first year, he gives you hope. You get optimistic. Then the next year, they go three and seven. He gets fired because they're giving money to players in McDonald's bags. And then they bring in Josh Hoppel. And... Over the years, I keep saying, okay, uh, I've got hope. I like this coach. I think he's going to do good. And I've said that about everyone they've hired. And I've said that about Josh Heupel. But this time, it just feels different. Yes, Tennessee lost Saturday, 44-37 to Pittsburgh in the new Johnny Majors Classic that they're starting. Uh, next year, they'll be playing in Pittsburgh as Coach Majors coached at both schools, won a national championship at Pittsburgh with Tony Dorsett. But – they had their chances uh, Saturday. Uh, I was actually away at an event we were doing in Paris Landing and didn't get to watch the game on TV, but I, I listened to it while I was there. Uh, read a lot of articles and stuff and uh, after the game and got to break down on it and what happened, what happened good and what happened bad and all that good stuff. And So I was kind of up on what happened, and I know – in my opinion, but I, I felt this way when the season started. Joe Milton's time at quarterback's over. He ended up getting injured Friday, I mean Saturday. Uh, didn't play the second half. Got injured sometime in the first half. Hendon Hooker came in. Milton's problem is, and I saw a meme on the internet where 
football was flying outside Neyland Stadium, and somebody said, well, he just missed another wide-open receiver and threw it out of the stadium, and that's probably a lot of truth of that. The commentator on the radio said Tennessee ought to be up 28 to nothing when they were up 10 to nothing at the time because he'd missed so many open wide receivers. And, yeah, it's great to be able to throw the ball 80 to 90 yards, but if you can't hit wide-open receivers going down the seam, that does you no good. you got to have be able to have some touch on the ball. Hendon Hooker came in and played real well. I think he had 200-something yards passion passing uh had quite a bit of yards rushing uh moving his feet and kind of Tennessee offense was kind of clicking with him behind the helm uh I, i'm a harrison bailey fan i know he doesn't fit hopple's offense is part of the problem because he's not a runner he's a thrower uh but i think college football you gotta be able to throw the football and uh, you know i don't know how that's gonna pan out somebody's gonna transfer um, but i hope it's not harrison bailey but it probably wills you got Travin jackson coming in next year so uh, there's going to be another quarterback problem there, as he's supposed to be pretty good too. So, you know, I, I, I just wait to see how this pans out. But, you know, Tennessee had the football, and actually kind of frustrating, but actually I was listening to it. Tennessee had the football inside uh, Pittsburgh's 10, uh, down 44-37 at the time, and I got a phone call. This is a game on my radio. I talked for a minute and then I got back on the phone and for whatever reason, I mean, Tennessee did not score. It turns out that that was that questionable mark on the uh, first down call that you see the pictures of it on the internet. Tennessee score, uh, actually got the first down. They didn't review it and uh, turned the ball over on downs. But hey, it worked. Still worked out because they forced Pittsburgh to punt from their own end zone. Got the ball back at their own 31-yard line. Second play, Hooker throws an interception. Like I said, it's tough to be a Tennessee fan. They had their chances at the end, but I liked the fight in them. I liked how they got down twice by two scores, and they kept coming back and had a chance to win the game and maybe should have won the game. Uh, Still got a lot of things they need to clean up offensively, a lot of things to clean up defensively. But, hey, what can I say? That's, you know, it – that's part of it. But anyway, it's tough to be a, a Tennessee fan. But anyway, uh, that's been my ramblings for the week. And again, you you can uh, pick up a copy of the newsletter if you want to read more about that physical win that Huntington had over Riverside. Got Houston County coming up this Friday night. Should be, should be a win for the Mustangs. I mean, on paper, but then a game on paper, Riverside was supposed to win. But I feel good about it. I think Mustangs will come back four and one after that game, and then that'll set up that match, the Dog and Pony Show, the week after uh, here on the Magic Carpet at Huntington. It ought to be interesting. Uh, Mylins had a couple of losses, and we'll talk about that a lot next week on our podcast. But that's going to do it for this week. I hope you tell your friends about the podcast. You either like it or you don't like it but it's just me. It's the only way I know how to do things. And uh, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to tell it like it is. It's going to be my opinions. You're going to get mad at me, send me an email or text. I don't care, but it'll be all right. So uh, again, hope you come back next week. Listen to podcasts as we talk about Houston County, and then we'll talk about Milan. Okay, that'll do it for me today. See you later.